Right. Boom, and we're off. What's going on? This is Coach Vinash, and this is Bono Life Radio. Listen to the good life. We are live with another interview tonight. Coming to us from Boston, we got Shivam Shuneja, who is an absolute stud. He's a rock star. <laughs> He's rocking the entrepreneur uh, marketplace right now. And we got a hell of a show lined up. Shivam, how are you doing tonight? I'm really good. I'm enjoying my day. I'm really happy to be on the show. Glad so to have you. Pretty exciting. Glad to have you. Guys, we're going to be talking about a couple of different things tonight, from growing your social media fan base well into the six figures, uh, to being a pro athlete, to tapping into your inner motivation uh, and inspiration at the highest level. Shavam is impacting a lot of businesses and a lot of lives. And so we're going to pick on him a little bit tonight to see what we can learn from him because you've done some really impressive things. Shavam, what's going on? Share with us a win from your past week. The last couple of days, let's celebrate something for you to get us started. All right. I'll give you uh, one of the biggest landmarks I feel. So one of my first videos that I came out like on my, I, I put myself on camera. I was quite nervous on this one. It got a thousand views. So it's okay. a five month old video. I have not been into YouTube. I just started doing it like regularly, but this video started ranking on YouTube for some reason once again. Um, so I, I touched my first thousand views on a video and I was, that's, that's a big blow for me. Thousand people, they saw the video. It's crazy. It's amazing for me. And that's coming from a guy with what? 90,000 Instagram followers <laughs> and, and you're, some change and some change. And you're excited about a thousand on YouTube. And why is that so exciting or important? It's, it's a thousand. I'll, I'll tell you thousand is still a big deal. So I get 40 views. That's enough because the way I think and the way I work is I have, I, I look for a tribe and this is something that's coming from Seth Godin. Um, so I look for only a few people. If I can change these, this set of maybe a hundred people, I can change the way they think and I can change their lives like from here to here. That's it for me. So when I'm even with building these Instagram accounts, so the first aim is to not go for 100,000 followers. My first aim is to aim for 1,000 followers with specific number of pictures to give you a perspective there. Once I get those 1,000 followers, then it's all boom. The reason being, the way my accounts work is they inspire people. So it can be fashion, it can be entrepreneurship. I have a couple of uh, students. They have, one of the guys, he's doing this camera pictures. Okay, so Shivam, that makes total that sense. Let's back it up half a sec for our listeners. You got some powerful presence out there on social media platforms. I was looking earlier, 7,600 connections on LinkedIn. I think we said, what, 90,000, some change on Instagram. You're reaching yep. six, um, six digits of audience on, on Facebook. On Facebook. What, pla um, what you know, handles should people be looking for? Tell us about these entities and brands that you're managing and creating specifically. So, uh, the way I look at social media is the kind of message I can send out. So if you are looking to develop yourself on say LinkedIn, the kind of message you are going to send, it's going to be, there's going to be a subtle difference than LinkedIn, than Facebook and Instagram. And that difference is what makes all the difference. So when I'm looking at my developing my LinkedIn presence, I'm trying to engage more. I'm trying to provide more value, which I'm doing for other platforms as well. But the kind, the, the way I talk, the kind of value I'm providing on LinkedIn is much more professional. The kind of value I'm providing on Facebook, because people 
So Facebook, for example, people are scrolling through their feed. And so at that moment, when it's on Facebook, I want to pop up in their feed. So I, whenever I share something, I want to share something that's going to like pop up. With video splash. Is, exactly. So video is one thing that does good on Facebook, not just because of Facebook trying to give competition to YouTube, but also because of the autoplay feature. So once the video is in your screen, it plays automatically. Yes, the audio stays with you. Okay, cool. So that make, that makes some sense as well. So let's take a specific example, Shram. You yeah. are, um, let's pretend you're working with a great A-list client and you're having some success right. with them and you want to let the social media landscape know about it. How would you present that on LinkedIn as opposed to Facebook? How would your language change? How would some of the content change? So what I would do on this in this case in results from a client uh, i would have quite the same approach for instagram and facebook which will be a picture of their say if it's their social media so their accounts a collage of their accounts with which has the number of followers and the engagement in that picture so i'll take a screenshot of their account and i have a testimonial from them i'll put it on the picture to show it to people but for instagram i would rather write or publish basically an article about it. So I want on LinkedIn, I won't say, so one of my clients just has a hundred thousand followers, EPA on LinkedIn. I would rather talk about how they got to a hundred thousand followers and what value their business is bringing in. So I'm, I'm going to highlight the value their business brings into the people. And result of that value is that they're at a hundred thousand followers, which is true. So the way I framed it is different on Facebook. I am framed because Facebook is all about virality and about uh, it's, it's, it's much, uh, it's much, much shallower of an emotion on Facebook than LinkedIn. So on Facebook, I can pump it out. Okay. I have so many followers on LinkedIn. I talk about value much more. Wow. I like that. I like that. There's certainly uh, going to be ears out there that that's resonating with as people are accepting that they need to be present on, on a couple different platforms to yeah. go out and get sales. Um, you know, I could go so many different directions about growing a social media audience um, and take this conversation in a lot of places, but let's hit the hammer right on the head. Let's talk yeah. each platform. What are some hacks to really take your message to the next level um, considering that a lot of my audience is looking to generate sales for their consulting or their marketing or their, their service or product on these platforms. So I don't want to hear, Hey, you know, make sure that the picture's nice yeah. and use some hashtags. Like we're that next level. We're trying to go a couple layers deep and you're the guy to help us. So let's talk first okay. Instagram, a platform you crushed. So talk to us. Uh, coming back to the hashtag thing. I'm right gonna I'm I'm right I'm going to jump into that uh Instagram is super simple. It really is about the picture and the hashtag. Okay, so and let's take that next so layer with us. The, yes. the thing the thing that happens and I've talked to so many people and they are I get the I get the response from these guys that hashtags I don't want to use hashtags because I don't want to appear salesy. It's like too needy. But one thing everybody and every business needs to realize that they are needy. They need the sales. They need the attention. And to be highlighted on Instagram when you don't, when you have like five followers, the only way you have to get out 
is two two places on Instagram, which is hashtags and the explore page of other people. And the way, and the the first thing here is hashtags. So you want to rank, get ranked in those hashtags, and that happens only and only if you post consistently and if you post good content. Okay, so, so let's stop right there. Yeah. So let's talk about this ranking on the hashtags. So yeah. you're saying if if I keep hashtagging the word Bonalife, like my my brand, yeah, eventually that hashtag will show up on the explore page more often or more uh, regularly. Or it's 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 a different thing. So what I mean is if I am so number one in terms of choosing the hashtags, what the thing that is me that that has helped me grow the accounts is i don't choose popular hashtags okay so uh, this is uh, this is a this is the main thing i think so i choose hashtags which are not like totally done for or like super popular hashtags so i try and stay between 100,000 posts in that hashtag to 500,000 posts within that hashtag how come because so, that tells you that there's still market share out there for you to Exactly. So okay. if, if a hashtag is super popular, what happens in within like five or six seconds, my post goes down like maybe three folds and nobody there is nobody on Instagram is actually going to scroll that much within a hashtag. So I want to get the maximum exposure that happens for the first nine posts at the top of your phone and the three posts, the three half posts that you can see here. And these three, you want to, you want to, when you're a small account, you can't be here. This is like 3000 likes in two hours or three hours. You, but you can still be at these top three here, like half of your picture shows. So I want to maximize my time in these three. So I get maximum engagement that increases my chance of getting my post to these top nine. And you know that you've proven that to yourself. You can yes. see that when you're able to live in that space between 100 and 500 K, that's your sweet spot. That's the sweet spot for everybody. If, if we have a small account. I love it, brother. You got so much conviction when you speak. I love your passion. And, and I really want people to realize how genius this is. You are, you know, in your early 20s and <laughs> just moved to America, what, uh, less than a year ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. So last wow. August. What? Or 2016, yeah. I don't want to go too deep on that because I want to finish off these social media platforms, but I'm, I'm eager and remind me later on in this interview to talk about what entrepreneurship in America uh, appears to be to you because uh, I'm eager to hear your yeah. perspective on that. Um, but let's talk. Okay, cool. Instagram. So it's having great content, living in that sweet spot. We said with unpopular hashtags, where you're going to get hashtags. engagement. Are there any um, best practices you would say for how you would set up your bio or um, the images yeah. you use, or you know, putting hashtags first and and writing content second, or writing content first and then hashtags second? Or is there a certain amount of hashtags that you'd advise? or word lengths that you'd advise or keep rocking with us. Yeah. So as for the pictures, what I believe, and this coming from one of the content marketing gurus, Neil Patel, I am, most of the people are going to be familiar with this guy. So what this guy said was 70% of the content you can, you can source it from somewhere else. It's social media. So what I started to do was get pictures from other accounts, but the practice you want to follow is always and always credit the owner of the picture. Because not about copyright, that is something which is super ethical, but also in terms of growth, when an account, when you source a picture from an account with half a million followers and you put it on your uh, account and you tag the person, sometimes, 
well now for me most of the times because you get to and you get to be in touch when you share a lot of these guys pictures but coming back to the point when you share that half a million follower person's picture they'll end up liking the picture and they'll probably comment with a thanks and what that does is that half a million people can see that the people this they follow this person and this person has this activity yes to get their exposure so you basically piggyback them and you piggyback your way to instagram growth that is that is one of the cleanest hacks and it helps the person they are okay with it because it promotes their brand and you are okay with it because you get more exposure in terms of bio clean simple i have i just put up like i make youtube videos a couple of lines and a link so i've tried so many bios the cleanest the least spammiest works the best a single awesome. line about who you are as a person not a brand like if you have a business page i the urge is always to use these grammatically correct error uh, sentences and to use big words heavy words nobody can relate to big heavy words everybody can relate to stupid stuff and people and stuff that human beings do mm. so social media is about relatability and you have to sh- you can show that in your bio to every person who comes to your account so why not do that tremendous 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 insight uh, thank you for sharing that this is great uh, you know for for some people they look at instagram and they don't see much depth there yeah. and i think you show off a couple sides now let's talk about my favorite platform all right, before All right. we go to LinkedIn, let's talk about Facebook. Facebook has been very good to me. I had a, uh, almost a six-figure year just from Facebook, mm-hmm. yeah. and I absolutely love the platform because it allows me to do things like create custom prospect lists and build groups and uh, engage with people through all different types of content. It's also the platform that I started on the longest ago, so I've been able to organically, before I had any strategy whatsoever, mm-hmm build a fair amount of followers. And, and what I found now though, is that uh, the people that follow me recently are so much more engaged with my content than the first say like 3000 people. So that's a new challenge I'm navigating on how we're going to spice things up in 2017. Shavam, give us the lessons on Facebook and crushing it. So Facebook, you want to have a business page period. And uh, this is something that I think I'm not exactly sure when it was, but this is, this comes from Grant Cardone. So he created a profile first and he started doing everything on his profile. Then he got to know, okay, the maximum number of people that can follow him is 5,000. So page a group that is amazing because you can have unlimited number of people. So you have a preference between a group and a page. And I'm asking this because I'm a, I'm a group guy. I've had pages and now I'm really all about these groups. Can you compare contrast or give any insight on that? You can run ads and you cannot run ads. Ooh, okay. How does, how does it compare in terms of how much the people who are connected to that page or group engage or see it in the Facebook algorithm? Group engagement is much more. Uh, what happens is Facebook provides everybody a notification when something happens in a group, but that's not certain with the page unless I am following that page. Like I, if, if I favorite that page into my favorites list, um, but in terms of preference, I would say have a group and have a page because group gives you a much closer relationship with the people. So people who are going to join the group, like if you have a million followers on a page, the same, if you promote the same exact group with the same name to same people, 
you're maybe you have a hundred thousand of only a hundred thousand of them and these hundred thousand are your actual tribe they are the actual power it's like you have a million followers but you have only a hundred thousand strong email list so that's what group does for you okay okay so now the, obviously the question is well shit Javon how do I get people to like my page how do I get people in my groups right now I have a group it has almost 1500 yeah. uh, members you know I, I feel cool when I say that sometimes and then I meet you and I'm like damn we got a ways to go so how, how, so, how about that side of things a shocker uh, 1500 of committed people is much more than 100,000 people who just like so coming back to my original point providing value so you have a tribe of 1500 people your group is quite engaged from from what i've experienced that is my reason of being a part of the group of your group consistently so i'm a part of i think more than 300 groups i post in three or four i've stopped posting in a lot of them so i used to do that but now i'm posting in your group one a couple more I'm done. So the reason being engagement and the value. So if, let me put it in, in perspective here, Van Gogh, the painter. So he created 900 paintings throughout his life. And I think a thousand sketches or something. He sold one when he was living, a live guy. Uh, so basically it sums up to there are 900 people in a world of 7 billion who can actually own a Van Gogh painting, but that each painting is valued at what value? So if you have a thousand followers or thousand people who can buy your stuff, that is amazing. You're making, you're changing 1000 people. Now think of what Van Gogh is doing with just 900 paintings in the world right now. That is the perspective I'm trying to live in. As, as good is it, as good it is to boast that I have 100,000 followers, I'm trying to build a tribe of 1,000 people. So beautiful. Um, you know, in addition to that 1,500-person that group, I have my 30-person my group, the people that are paying to be members. And you're right. The ability to impact uh, the lives of just those 30 people to me makes it feel yeah. like I've kind of gotten to at least that point where I'm making an impact that, you know, we crave at least some entrepreneurs, we crave impact. We crave yeah. influence. We crave just somebody saying that because we came to their life, their life was better. Yeah. And that means sometimes slugging through the trough for ourselves yeah. um, to just simply appear as that to others. And um, this is a huge, huge conversation, but it's not right now, but I love what you're saying there. Listen, this is a treasure that you have no matter what size your audience is, a couple hundred, because exactly. you can't measure the depth of those relationships or, or the, the color in those paintings. So you want to do everything that you do for that specific small audience. Now, we tend to, it's social media, and we tend to go like, okay, more followers, more numbers. But with those 30 people, everybody, okay, let's say 20 of them has a family of three. So if you impact one, you're impacting three others along with that one person. 100 people. There is the impact. Shivam, that's, that's a great point. Now, Shivam, let's just say, hey, okay, I'm committed to building a tribe of a 1,000 who are passionate and I'm bringing nothing but value, right? 
I'm bringing interviews, yeah. I'm bringing insider content, I'm bringing insight, I'm bringing real perspective, not just opinion. Mm-hmm. And I'm collaborating, I'm connecting, I'm bringing other people as well. Yeah. How about the people that have something going out there, right? They've got some momentum already. How do they get the people who haven't been engaging with their content back up, you know, and seeing their content again? Because uh, sometimes you can bring value, but because your brand isn't there yet, it gets lost in the shuffle a little bit. How do you re-engage a, a, a group or a community you already have? The key is you don't. You don't? Um, you don't. So uh, we can't change the mind of a person. I, as an influencer, cannot change. If this bottle is a person, I can't change its mind. If it says no to me, it's done. Like, I can't do whatever in, the, like, whatever in my power, I won't be able to change the mind. But if this bottle is your friend and you tell this bottle, look what Shivam is doing. He did this amazing webinar or an amazing video and it changed me forever. This bottle will listen. So the key is I don't. I put my content out. I create every single day to give out value. The work is actually done by that person's friend, family, whoever they're in contact with. So again, it, it, it sounds pretty similar to being viral, but there's a difference. A viral hit is a viral hit. This is changing. So if you, again, back, it's about the change that you can provide to a person. And hitting the wall with your naked fist does not help anybody. It destroys the wall, it destroys your fist. Man, you got me writing notes tonight. You have me <laughs> fired up. It's about the change you can create. Do you want to let your, maybe these guys have a thousand followers and only two of them listen. And two of them are highly engaged. They want to keep putting out the content. They, obviously, there are SEO tricks. There are the hashtags and all of that. You do that to maximize the impact. But the key is to not be carried away with the number of followers. So you want to put out the content for those two people and they're like, I can guarantee my whole life. Like at the end of 10 years, you can come back to me, ask me for everything I have. If, if this does not happen, like I can (laughs) sign my name under a paper. I can give you a blank paper with a sign. It is going to happen. These people are going to talk because you changed their life. You, you made it better somehow, right. especially there's so much noise. That's right. I love what you're talking about. Here's somebody with, you know, we talk about these huge accounts and you're so focused on just bringing the value to the people who are engaged and really trusting that if you keep your focus on creating great content and value, you yeah. really, really trust and have faith that the power of a spider web is, is there for you. Yeah. And I think that's tremendous faith. So many realtors, network marketers, you know, completely offline entrepreneurs that are feeling like the clock is ticking. The walls are caving in. They have to meet more and more people every day. And uh, the further I get into sales, the more that I realize it's the depth of each relationship. Exactly. As opposed to the breadth in, in a lot of situations where you find yourself, like you said, banging your fist up yeah. against the wall. 
Siobhan, great insight, great insight for sure. How can you figure out what communities or businesses uh, there's opportunity for in the online marketplace on, on Facebook right now? Look at the content that is trending. Same thing I got into Instagram and fashion. Uh, there was this, I don't even remember the name of this guy. So for some random reason, I stumbled across this account and this guy has 15,000 followers. Uh, and I look at his account and it's like four months old. Like, come on, that's crazy. So fashion is super cool. I'm talking to one of my best friends and this guy goes like, fashion is ephemeral. And I'm like, yeah, but at the same time, it is something that still exists every single day, every single time. So the reason I got into fashion was because I wanted to have big account and I thought it was easier with fashion, but then through the way my thinking like changed and since Instagram live came, then again, uh, I got to know a lot of new things about what actually is trending. So the best way on any social media, not just Facebook, you just want to go and look what's trending. Look out what's trending. And if you can piggyback yourself, super awesome. Like Founder, I, um, it's an Australian magazine, uh, Founder Mag. So they've interviewed big names like Richard Branson and all of these guys. They have, I think, 800,000 followers in a year on Instagram. So they've built their list and all of that to almost 200,000 people they piggyback on the back of the so-called wave of entrepreneurship that came one and a half year ago. Mm -hmm. Everybody wanted to be an entrepreneur mm -hmm. and suddenly it was cool to be an entrepreneur and they piggybacked on that. And now they're, they're rocking everybody. So trends. Is that are trends based on your intuition or are you checking somewhere? A lot of it is intuition, but a lot of it is regular practice. So I know Gary Vaynerchuk. Every day, this guy looks at the top 100 store, app store. That is how this guy knows which app is going to rank. So you talk about Twitter, Facebook. These, these are huge entities. But what about new things like Snapchat? So Gary Vaynerchuk was advocating Snapchat, I think, one and a half to more than two years ago. It was like Snapchat, Snapchat for business. Nobody realized that. But the, the, then he puts a video out that there he tells like, the reason I know all of these things is not because I have this ability to look through what is happening in the world, but I have my phone which can show me the top 100 trending apps. Well, there you go. That's why I asked it, brother. Love it. You know, it's, it's so brilliant listening to you speak. You're turning 24 years old coming up here yeah. in, in just a couple <laughs> of weeks. And the way that you speak about business and marketing is, is really inspiring for sure. Now let's talk about that entrepreneurship a little bit. Yeah. You know, became popular said a year and a half ago. How does the world see American entrepreneurship? How do you see American entrepreneurship? Um, what do you think uh, is keeping 80% of American millennials uh, broke and allowing 20% of them to just thrive at such a, an early age in this new marketplace? It's all about value. So what happens, answering your first question, if, from my perspective, America is the place to be if you want to be an entrepreneur. 
because of not just the investors, but the openness from the people because people are open to e-commerce. They're open to online marketing, social media marketing, all of those stuff. Like if I want to market myself in India, it is a tough cookie. I won't get businesses at all. They're not because people don't understand it, but also because in India, offline marketing still works to some extent, to some extent. So looking at the American market, the issue with so many companies is that everybody wants to be Uber of something. They don't want to be, so I want to be Uber of something. I don't want to be Shivam of water bottles. I want to be Uber of water bottles. There we lose a lot of our leverage that we might have had in case, I, in case we wanted to be original. In case we wanted to create a product that actually gives value or actually solves the problem. So people try and solve other people's problems, which might not even exist. So this problem might not even exist. The reason Uber works, the reason Facebook works, the reason all of these giant companies and even the smaller companies work is because they were created to solve the founder's personal problem. They were not created to solve somebody else's problem. So my social media accounts were created to solve my problem or my fascination with higher number of followers. And that is what I believe is missing with a lot of millennials. They're not looking to give value. They just want to take, take, take. Doesn't work that way. Interesting. Where do you think the disconnect shows up most in social media marketing? Do you see it in the way that they're talking about what they're looking yeah. to do? Uh, so, you can, and I was, I, okay, I, I won't quote anybody else. I'm going to quote myself here because I was this one of the people. And not too long ago, more than like, I think it's, it's not even more than a month and a half ago. So I started promoting too much stuff. And in that promotion, I forgot that the reason this account exists is to give value. So this comes to the point that Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk, again, this guy is a social media guru. So I follow him religiously in, on a lot of things, uh, not the talent aspect that he talks about. I hate talent. I don't think talent exists. Coming back to the point. Um, <laughs> so jab, 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 right hook is the concept. So you want to jab your way into the sale and you want to give value, give value, give value, give value. And then you have the right to ask you're not entitled to money or entitled to a sale. You have the right to ask because you have given so much. You might not end up getting sale even after that, but then you have the right to ask. So people who promote their own service once a month or once a week or once a day and rest of their 100 or 1000 posts are about helping others, they work on social media. So I'm gonna quote, Grant Cardone's account. And if I look at his account, he posts, I think this guy has like more than 50 stories on Snapchat, same on Instagram, three to four pictures on Instagram. He has 10 to 15 posts minimum on Facebook. And a couple of them are going to be buy my product or buy my book, or there's this growth con happening. If you want to change your mindset, go to the go to the event. Yeah. The rest of the stuff is going to be change your life, invest in yourself, uh, improve 
improve your life or read more books, that kind of stuff. That's the reason that this guy popped up within the last two years and he's over a million followers is this same reason that he believes in giving value. That is what shows up in his account. Shivam, how do you keep yourself consistently giving value? I mean, you make great videos daily. How do you curate the ideas at such a, a tempo or rate? How do you convince yourself to get back on the camera again and share something? You know, somebody as bright as you, I'm sure a lot of things that come through your head, like, ah, nobody wants to hear this. That's too simple. That's too basic. Um, you're, you're laughing cause you're like, <laughs> I'm yeah, looking at I you. That's the beauty that. of the video. So how, that's one of the questions that so many of my clients have is they want to go out there and be genuine and share more. And they don't even want to ask for the sale. They want to share value and they want to contribute. And then they're like, where do I start? And then we go on this long conversation about what makes them different and unique to the marketplace. Yeah. And then I try to pull that opportunity at them. Coach me a little bit. How do you keep yourself producing such great content so consistently? Okay, uh, do you know or do you have any faint idea of how many thoughts you have throughout 24 hours in a day? It's, it's more than 10,000. I was going to say 10,000. <laughs> yeah, so it's more than 10,000. I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure about this number, but it's for sure more than 10,000. So you have to listen to one of those. How hard is listening to one thought out of 10,000? So the thoughts I have, they have nothing unique. You can search, you can get thousands of videos on the same exact topic that I have. So the, so one of my best friends, he was talking to me a few, a few days ago and he tells me that Shivam, whatever you are doing on YouTube and your blog, there are millions of other people doing the same thing in the world right now. And so, and I was like, yes, but this is me. They're them. So the unique point is not the piece of content. The unique point is how I got to that content or my story of that specific topic. So the, and this, this comment came from when I was trying to motivate him to take out time every day and to blog every day or to video, uh, to put up video on YouTube every single day. So this was not that, I have a problem. So the, the whole, the whole scenario here is that he's afraid that he's not unique. And I believe that nothing is unique. And I, I'm no, I know a lot of my friends who are going to watch this are going to laugh because this is my pet line. No idea is unique. Whenever somebody's discussing this, no idea is unique. Nothing is unique. It's about the implementation that makes it unique. So, if we end up trying to be unique and be perfect, basically, we miss the boat. We miss actually posting the content. So I can go and edit, I can put in five hours and edit a two minute video, or I can leave my mistakes inside because these mistakes are me. The way I'll make a weird face when I am thinking of something is, is like, that thing is unique. Yes. Then as compared to 7 billion people on the planet, that is what I want to keep in my videos. That is why I have stopped editing my videos or putting jump cuts when I, that's how I used to like take an angle from here, jump cut, take an angle from here, jump cut, stop doing everything. 
just put the content out like decide a date decide a time put it up like no matter what and uh, the self godin budget will come like you're out of budget the the reason we are out of budget or out of time is because we don't have a fixed shipping time if there's a fixed shipping time done the kite runner so the writer is a full time doctor this guy woke up every single day 45 minutes earlier the kite runner that book is written in 45 minutes and he was a full time doctor if he can do that why can't we like i have nothing i'm i'm sitting here all day i have a couple of lectures a week that's it and most of the people and th this video is 2 minutes so if i cannot take the time out of my day i cannot take 2 to 3 minutes of my day to actually put something out to put a piece of me outside it's nowhere and the best part about all of this is i can go back and watch what i was thinking 5 months ago or 3 days ago so blogging every day or putting video out every day not only has your footprint in the world but it also gives you perspective that's the way i think of it and that's what motivates me to try and put out content every single day that's super inspiring as well shivam i can't wait to go back and watch <laughs> this interview as i continue to work hard on, on my brand and and the influence that you know we're talking about here today wow Wow, I was going to ask about motivational themes and I think that's right there. That's really yeah. um you know diving into getting past that fear yeah. for people. And that's I think why we both do what we do is because we want people to be a little bit more fearless exactly. in their approach to life, exactly. right? It's the mistakes yeah. we've made and the Instagram accounts that you messed up that have allowed you to find the right practices. Yeah. So you don't know about the nine Instagram accounts I've messed up. You don't know the warnings I've gotten from Instagram that your device already has too many Instagram accounts. <laughs> You know about the two main accounts which serve a major of my followers. It's nobody gets to know the failures because nobody gives a shit. Nobody gives a shit about what I am about or what failures I had. Everybody if if I have a business and I'm trying to invest, I'm get I'm trying to get an investor. This investor doesn't really care um that how many doors i had to knock to get to that solution they're interested in that solution and that they're that's it i just did a video actually a few minutes ago a few minutes before coming to this um so this one was about a maybe so every time we want to do something there is a maybe at the back of the head that says maybe this is going to fail but then this maybe has a little brother and that little brother is tiny and this says maybe if you put this piece of content out it will change the world as you know it this maybe will never go will never go away you cannot kill the fear the the key here is to make friends with this fear it is going to stay here the ego is going to stay here the voices from people you are stupid you are doing it wrong you don't you don't know what you are doing all of that are going to stay here you just have to put them in perspective okay it's going to stay and jump well said how can we amplify that little piece that says hey this is going to change the world 
how can we amplify and get ourselves so excited about uh, the need for the world to hear our message so that you become so fearless. And this is something we talk about uh, all the time. I try to make sure that the little actions of cold calling or catching a hundred passes for some of my athletes, that it's tied us to a greater vision that they're, that they're part of executing. Yeah. It is just one piece in a larger thing. So Siobhan, that's, that's pretty cool as well. It's pretty cool as well. Siobhan, you know, I can't help but as you're talking, I could pick up your competitiveness, right? You're a competitive guy. So I could feel that. <laughs> to some extent. Um, <laughs> most of the situations, in most of the situations, yeah. Well, I respect it and I love it. I'm the same way. Siobhan, it's not just about nerdy, geeky, social yeah. media, fashion for you. You are, you know, a pro athlete of sorts. Um, tell us a little bit more about that. Uh, so I think it was, I used to play table tennis when I was a little kid. I always had a fascination. I started improving a couple of months every, so one of my friends was like, oh, come on, you learned that stroke in two days. That is so amazing. So at the back of my mind, I thought I had talent. And this is like when I was like 11 or 12, I stopped for, I think, eight, nine years, eight years or so. So at age 19, I get this bug of table tennis once again, because I saw a match of my idol. So this guy is from Denmark. I saw the world championship semifinals of this guy, uh, quarterfinals. And that's a bug. And I had a fractured hand at that moment, a fractured right hand. So I had a cast here. I got my racket. I used to hold that racket every morning, 6 a.m. I used to practice service. So I didn't have somebody to practice with. I didn't have a coach. I used to be two outside of the city in my dorm. And so I didn't have any access. But for six months, I just practiced service from YouTube. And it was like a bug. And then I got to know of this academy that I can go and learn. So I started learning. Uh, one year into it, I started beating players who have been playing for 10 years just for the sheer amount of time and effort and mental energy I put into it. So 24 hours was table tennis, like literally 24 hours. And I think another half year into it, I try and get in touch with a few clubs in Europe, if I can play for them. So this club was like, okay, we don't care how, what level you are at, but you seem quite interesting as a person. And this guy is a leadership coach. He is one of my role models. And he's like kind of my godfather in Denmark. So this guy, he treats me like family right now. So which is really amazing. And so he's the founder of the club. He calls me there. I lived with them for a season there. I played with the, cl- uh, with the club a few tournaments over there here. Went to Sweden to play one tournament. And so that was where my physical athletic uh, improvement happened the major majority of my improvement and that was also the place where I had the mind thing going on for me so we had a sports psychologist um, by far the most impressive person I've ever met one of the best in Europe and this guy is also a pro athlete 29 pro tours world championships all of that uh, so my fascination with psychology and motivation and performance and sports psychology in particular is because of that guy. And so 
because I think it's because of him, I improved the way I improved, which was bam. Uh, because I know what works. So this dopamine thing, I know giving me, giving myself small rewards. You were talking about these hundred passes. So I used to have this, if I am able to hit a hundred top spins today, that's a win. If in the match, if there's a tournament, I am able to just reach three points against an experienced player, that's a win. Like today, the same thing, I have a calendar. Every day I put some piece of content out. Any piece of content, I have a red marker, I cross the date. So over a period of year, I have 365. So the whole month is red. That is the kick of that is dopamine. The kick. Yes. So yes. dopamine is addiction. And that is what happened with me and table tennis. And then last uh, 2015, I got to go to Germany to train. The key, uh, the hit came when one of my friends wanted me to play tournaments there in Germany, which I didn't know of when I went to Germany. So I wasn't expecting me to play. So I was also part of the coaching team. So I, in Germany and in Denmark as well. So I got to get the coaching for the coaches, the psychology part, how to understand players, how to understand the mental development of not just players, but people, people as, 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 as a community. And that is something that resonate, resonated with me. And that is something that has stayed. That is the key thing that helped me in becoming a better athlete. So let alone six, seven hours of table practice, one, one and a half hour of fitness, all of that every single day, that is necessary. But everybody does that. At some level, everybody does that. The key is this is mental. For sure. And long story, not so many highlights, I would say, but like for me personally, um, a couple of tournaments, the level I was playing at, I was amazed at the kind of performance I was able to give. So, but yeah, that was, that was crazy, crazy two years. That is, that is crazy. And I think that's an incredible story. Um, I love the fact that you're, you're tapping into that. That psyche, I, I believe, you know, you used your hands and you put about an inch or two in between your fingers. And I think it's even bigger than that because you're right. Everybody is out there putting in effort, challenging their bodies. Who can really gain that advantage mentally as an athlete? Yeah. That's where you're going to find the win. And it shows up in business. Uh, I'm going to swing you back into the business realm. I'm jacked yeah. up. I want to play some sports right now. I got my last yeah, gym yeah. session of the night coming up after this interview. Um, let's talk a little bit about the sports. You talk about mm -hmm. businesses. And so if you're out there and you're giving value and you're creating a, a great yeah. brand for yourself online, you're putting out content, mm -hmm. how do you get from this person cares yeah. about your content to this person is paying you for your services? I mean, is it just as simple as moving people through the messenger into, you know, sales conversations? Is it really about hyper-focusing on you, you know, data capture for you? Tell yep. us what moves the needle for you and, and how you're seeing businesses. We're really independent entrepreneurs. That person so, that's working from home, how are they moving people effectively from branding to dollars? Uh, two key things here. One thing is that I realized is people don't need to like you or even hate you in order to buy from you. They just need to know your name. So if I'm a nobody 
and I come up with a cure for cancer that cures it within five minutes, nobody knows me, nobody's going to buy that stuff. But if I'm putting this content out every single day, no matter what, no matter how many likes, but they get to see my name and I, I am the living proof of this thing. So this concept was introduced to me by Grant Cardone. And now I've started getting messages from people I haven't talked to in five years that I saw your post on social media marketing. I need your help with the website of mine, with the news website, with this, with that. Uh, could you help me out? This, so it's one thing is about putting content out. So the more you can get yourself known, the more, tr the more subconscious level of trust you have. And the second key thing is we all talk about the sales funnels, right? That's, that's what we talk about. And that's how it looks in the world. We sales marketing, you put stuff out, dollars come out, people emails in, but then again, what if this is the people and I'm giving people the megaphone to put my name out. So I am giving coming back to the value part. So the funnel is actually this, it's not that. So instead of getting small drip of dollars, what if I give my customers or I give my followers some sort of reason, any sort of reason to put, to speak out to their world right here, mm -hmm. to buy from me, you have more sales. So the, and this is the hardest part because to, to get this, we need to be at such a point where nobody is at that part with us. And that comes with practice that talk about this a little bit further for the people who are, can't see the video here. You took a funnel, right? Traditionally large at the top narrowing and narrow down, right? And you tilted it on its side and you said, Hey, our job is not to put sales and marketing and then pull dollars out of it. Let's turn that funnel on its side mm -hmm. and make it look like a megaphone. And you want to amplify the voices. Am I following this correctly? You want to amplify so the voice you of your audience. Exactly. So, um, for people who, who need to get, who want to get into the details of this type of thinking, uh, you might want to check out Seth Godin's books, a couple of books, like any pick up any book of his and it's the same thing. Uh, so what we want to do, our aim is to give our followers or give our customers some sort of vehicle to actually put our word out. And the most classic, the most classic examples in the entrepreneurship field in America right now, the two key people I think are Gary Vaynerchuk and Grant Cardone. And these names are going to pop up again and again, because I think these guys are the guys who are doing it right. So you look at Gary. What makes Gary V and, and Grant ahead of the rest of the pack right now? So look at Grant, for example. Um, he did this on, on Super Bowl. He did this post on his Instagram he was, uh, where he said, like, in the first quarter, if you can predict the final game score, I'm going to give you a free ticket to the event. And that's a $5,000 ticket. And what if you come to that post and you see it. Won't you want to, apart from commenting the final score that you think is going to happen, share it with your friends, that specific post. 
like people who you want to benefit in their life. You'll do that. You'll share it with your family or your friends. Hey, check this out. Maybe you'll win it and you will benefit in your life. Give something share worthy. Is that what we're Give doing? Give something share worthy to some extent because okay. uh, share worthy is or is, is a word that can be misinterpreted a lot of times. And let's not consider the materialistic side of creating something that's worth sharing, but let's not, let's, let's be yeah. really, this is social media. Yeah. It's, it's a share economy, right? So yeah. that's just the way it works, right? If you like our pictures, exactly. technically we're sharing our feelings with each other. So let's remove that and any sort of uh, hubris or guilt. Anybody's going to place on themselves for thinking about that. Yeah. But is, is it worth saying create content that people would want to uh, continue to share because they feel like it is value to, to other people. Yeah. yeah. So there are two things that we have in marketing psychology around the same thing is if you can evoke an emotion in a person, the like anger and happiness are the two most shareable emotions. Anger is obviously you don't want to be associated with angry. You want to be associated with happy feelings. That's what if you look at Buzzfeed. So they came out with their listicles and their articles and their videos, which are highly relatable. So if I see something, 10 key things that if you're an engineer, only then you will know these things. Now, I'm an engineer. Oh, I'm an engineer. I'm an engineer. I want to read that. And once I read that, oh, I have 1,200 people who were in my undergrad who were also engineers. I'm going to tell it to them. So as useless as that content is, it is shareworthy. It is something worth to like, it is to be studied. And the way that type of content works, it develops some sort of emotion. So that Grant's post evoked an emotion of caring within me. One was happiness, bam, I'll get a $5,000 ticket. But the second was, what if my friend gets that ticket? Maybe this person's life will change. Maybe he needs it more than me. So, if we can create the emotion of happiness and caring for others, that association of one person with your brand, if a person associates your brand with caring for people and happiness, what more is there to ask for? If a thousand people do that, don't you think those thousand people are actually going to share your content, tell it to their family, their friends? Uh, we had this we had this project for refugee children. Uh, it's kind of when it, it, it went down right now, but um, so we were trying to sell one backpack. It's Tom's model, sell one backpack here in a developed country. The, there's, then there's an, another backpack that has supplies for a refugee child. And at the moment when this child is traveling, because they, they don't have food, they don't have clothes, they don't have anything. They don't even have toys. So there, there was like a homework book, all of that. Like the emotions that a child is supposed to have. So it had the items that a child needs. Only those items. A pencil, a, to a soft toy, a small little cute blanket. And that evoked emotion. So we pissed it here. And everybody was like flat. The, the only reason they were all in was because it evoked the emotion of caring. People wanted to buy because they care for other people. 
they care for other human beings. And it is dormant somewhere for some people. And if you can bring that out, that dormant feeling of caring for people who you don't know, then you're even the champion. So caring for your family is one thing. Caring for people you don't know, you have no clue about, you don't know anything, no name, you don't even know the face. If that is what Tom's did, that is why Tom's is successful. That is why these new businesses which go into social entrepreneurship are more successful like that than businesses which are not into social entrepreneurship. Shivam, this is a lot of great stuff. You got me speechless over here. I'm used to mm-hmm. running podcasts, asking tons of questions, and I'm just sitting back. I'm yeah. watching you do your thing, brother. I'm watching oh. you do your thing. You got a lot of great stuff that you're sharing here that I know for sure our audience is going to appreciate. People getting out there and just taking a different approach to how they create and share content. Yeah. Hopefully, after listening to us, go, Shivam, what's your 2017 trend, something to pay attention to, something for anybody out, who's out there in the marketplace that wants to get ahead because they listen to this podcast tonight? What is that little nugget that you could share? I would say, again, staying, I, I would stay clear of trends because. Oh, well, you, t- you were telling us earlier you were following I, I, trends. That's how you launched your, your, you know, your fashion business. Yeah, so one thing. Uh, well, what you trend you can stay to, ahead of? Yeah, so everybody can stay ahead in what they do, in who they are. So, again, not one, but two things. One is no matter what, try and blog, video, podcast, one, choose one. If you can't do three, choose one, do it every day. That, that is like by far the 2017 nugget because. It not only, and if you're a business, doing that is even more beneficial because you actually derive sales from that. It has not only the value that you're providing, the, all the content, but it also has a SEO built in for your business. Because if you're a business, you're going to blog within your niche. So that is something I would ask everybody to do no matter what. And in terms of trends, I think this uh, subscription model of business as weird as it is and uh, it, again investors might not like the subscription model because it's it's like it's it's not stable enough as of this moment but that's that subscription model is super super strong model. that you know is something I, you know i love hearing that brother exactly you know i love hearing that upsells man upsells that's the best thing you want a customer for life and uh, Try and provide some sort of value for life. If you're a big, so something, okay, on the same, I I can maybe make it more clear. Um, I'm a marketer and I consult businesses only. So if, but if somebody's a person, they cannot afford the same price that a marketer can, uh, sorry, a business can. Mm -hmm. I get put out a book for that person. So it's $30, $15 book. So there are two pathways that everybody can follow. So if you can choose very well, if you can do both, awesome. When you say do both, you mean go B2B and B2C? Yeah, for B2C doesn't need to, uh, doesn't need to be go into personal consulting for B2C. You write a book, your B2C part is done. 
You write a book with every single thing that you know. Don't hide anything. Whatever is here, put everything out. Like everything out. You believe this is worth a ten, $10 million? Put it out. If you believe this is $1 million stuff in your brain, give the book for $20. If you believe it's for $10 million, give the book for $10. If you believe this is worth $100 million, give the book for $5. And your work is done. It's, it's upsells. It's helping more people. And maybe that one person you help turns out to be a business. So for example, one of my followers on my main style account, a, a, a humble brag here is Kevin Harrington for people who don't know Kevin Harrington is he's one of the original sharks. And so I can, whatever, Pictures I put, I put for him. Let's say, let's put it that way. So whatever picture I'm putting, I'm putting it out for Kevin. So you don't okay. know what that one person can do. For sure. How as a you, business, yeah. So then how do you go about landing these business clients on platforms that are filled with people? C's, right? How are you going getting these B's when you're, you're engaging on platforms filled with C's? So business is, is not a building. Business is the people inside. A collection of C's. Right? We're, all, we're all people, right? A business is a collection of individuals. Yeah, enough said. Like, so do you feel that you can effectively reach decision makers in these businesses through the platforms? Or are you waiting for them to come to you? Or are you just trying to create so much great value that they come to you? Or are you actively finding out, wow, this person's engaging my content. I'm going to go hit them up in the messenger and, and try to learn more about their goals and, and set a sales appointment. You said it right now. So what you want to do is, and I've had this on Facebook. So I'll get a person added to my list and the, within a matter of a couple of seconds, I'll get a message to an invite to like the page and I'll get a message about check out my services. So that is basically spamming. How, how likely am I to be do that, to, to actually do that? Unless you're famous and I know your name, uh, build relationships. So, and we got to know this thing here at our graduate school. So we were talking about getting jobs and something that we were told is getting a job. Mm -hmm. is about people. It's about relationships. It's not about how many times you can email your resume to an unknown company in their bucket of 10 million resumes that they get every year. It is about who that one person is within that company who you can create a valuable relationship with. That, like that person that one key person who can make a difference in you getting a job or you getting, you getting nothing. So the same key I believe applies to a business. People tend to forget it's, it's people who make businesses. It's not an, it's, it is an entity. It's a legal entity. A business is nothing. It's just on paper. It's a couple of words thrown on a paper. For me, it's like a business is basically a vomit of words on the paper, but it's the people who make the actual company, the company. If I can reach any one of those. Let's, let's, let's talk about what a relationship online is, right? We're friends, so we go to the gym four times a week. 
We, you know, we whiteboard and brainstorm once a week and we go have a good time once a week, right? There's some sort of just cadence, so to speak, to our relationship. Yeah. Let's talk about a quality online relationship. How do you curate and cultivate relationships from your followers to the point where it is appropriate for you after you've jabbed enough yeah. to, to go for a sale? Tell us more about that. So if you have a doubt that you have jabbed enough or not, you haven't jabbed you enough. have not jabbed enough so um, as for relationships building relationships with influencers the way I was able to get in touch with Grant Cardone is because I gave him value I gave him something that million other people on his Facebook page could not which was which was I gave him the belief that I will work hard enough no matter what and I will work hard enough and not ask for something because the first thing an influencer gets is could you could and I have my inbox filled with this now uh, could you repost my post could you follow me back what value have you brought to me I'm selfish I'm I am selfish if I don't have value and you're like at one point I'm telling to create a lot of value at another point I'm telling to get value so that's the human emotion exactly so at certain points I will be one person at certain points I will be another person and that's true for everybody so and as an influencer I am I am a person you don't want to deal with so <laughs> if I'm not getting some sort of value so I told Grant he was coming up with a book and I told him dude I am going to get your book translated into 11 languages I, I had not like I had no clue how, much, how am I going to do that I had no people whatsoever I told him I had people and that is a classic move that he pulls off a lot of times when he gets his meeting set up he'll fake his way into seven meetings at a place and he's like no reply and I was waiting, waiting, waiting. I'm like okay so I ended up giving him a detailed description of how many people he can really impact if he translated his book to those 11 languages and that hit an emotional chord because he in terms of impact is really emotional he as a person he wants to reach 1 billion people and that is like that is amazing like even to have the audacity to say it over internet that I want to reach 1 billion people I want 1 billion people to know my name amazing so that struck a chord with him and he was like okay talk to this guy at my office and let's fix something up so I got to know they had most of those languages already covered so and Grant knew that he still gave me the chance even after knowing that most of the languages have already been translated and I ended up translate getting the book translated to six Indian languages for him on that point and since then I've tried to give more value to this guy I've never asked for basically anything um, so I helped one of my friends fix a speech to get grant to speak at their company's one-year anniversary uh, so she was really happy and I was she started crying when she got to know that grant said yes because they were trying to get a hold of him and I had him on personal contact I was like grant this is the lady she puts out a lot of work and she's amazing. She puts out content, helps everybody. So could you please look into their company? And within two seconds, this guy replies, 
it's done. Tell her to talk to the VP of my sales. And they fixed the deal. It was a $50,000 deal. The value that you can bring to a person is crazy. And once you've done that, and I don't, I don't plan to ask him for, I don't know, his company or something. I don't plan to. I have promoted this guy to so many of my friends. I've turned so many of my friends, Grant Cardone fans. Like for, right now in my list, there are more than 300 people. When I got introduced to Grant, there was nobody. So the difference being this guy gave me a shout out in front of a million people. So that was my way to give back for that one shout out and beautifully illustrated that you stepped up, you thought outside the box to give value. You put, you put him first. And, and as a result, you have obviously a very influential person in your circle now that you can learn from and gain tremendous skills and relationships with. So exactly. That's pretty impressive. I I'm, like I said, I've been sitting back taking this all in. I'm thinking about how many different people are going to take some, some nuggets away from this episode. Shivam, this has been a ton of fun, brother. You got any questions for me before we sign it off and allow people to, uh, to get back to their grind? Uh, as of now, I, I don't really think so. I think I've spoke, I spoke too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been a lot of fun. There's a lot of great stuff. Listen, guys, if you're out there, go check Siobhan out. He's obviously on uh, all the social media platforms. Where can we find you? Uh, the best place to find me is either on my Instagram or even better, my LinkedIn. I would say if you're a professional, LinkedIn, best place. Cool. And what's your handle on Instagram? Uh, helping men style. Helping underscore men underscore style. Excellent, brother. So go check that out. Plenty of great stuff. Sean, where can people learn a little bit more about some of your social strategies and marketing strategies as well? Yeah. Jump into my YouTube. Uh, I am talking a lot of marketing on my podcast, on my blog, but that is the psychological stuff. But if you really want to get takeaway nuggets that you can apply right there and then my YouTube is the place to go. Uh, Shivam Chaneja, that's my full name on YouTube. Awesome, Shivam. I always like to ask this. You got a favorite sports team? Oh, that's a tough one. I, okay, so this might be out of, out of half of the people listening circle. My favorite sports team <laughs> is the German table tennis national team. Okay, and what is their, uh, what's their team? They so are. their so their lineup used to be one of my go-to favorite people, which this guy was number one in the world, Timo Boll, for like eight years straight. Uh, and now they have Dmitry Ovtarov. Um, this guy is, I think, number four, number three. Patrick Franziska, Christian Zeus. So these are the key people in their team, and these guys are amazing. So and they've had comebacks. Christian Zeus, family crisis, comeback. Lots of amazing stories. Right. Take the Tom Brady come come back for the fifth Super Bowl oh, show. Yeah, you want to talk yeah, about yeah. a real comeback? Look no further that than the German amazing. national yeah. team. Awesome. That was a good one. Yeah. Shivam, it's been a blast, brother. Let's sign us off tonight, guys. If you're listening in your car, drive safely. If you're listening at night, dream bigger. And if you're waking up in the morning, go and get it. I hope you have a great rest of your time. And uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, it's Coach Benach, Final Life Radio. Holla. <laughs>